It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yes, good evening and welcome to Red Friday on North Sound 1 on a night where we were preparing to see the Dons take on Motherwell away from home in the battle for third place. This afternoon, though, the SPFL suspended the Scottish football season until further notice amid the coronavirus outbreak with Chief Executive Neil Doncaster saying it was neither realistic nor possible to continue with matches. We'll discuss what that means for Scottish football, the league and, of course, the Dons throughout the show this evening. North Sound 1, Red Friday. This is Red Friday and I'm joined in the studio by Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny. Uh, Dave, what have the club said? Um, well, the club put a statement out uh, basically saying that uh, they, 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 they're taking further steps to protect all the first team and other groups, user groups at Cormac Park. So consequently, all Trust Youth Academy and AFC women's activities will be suspended until Sunday the 22nd of March, inclusive that's a week on Sunday, and the club will re- review the situation thereafter. And uh, Chairman Dave Cormac is also quoted as saying it's now up to the government to make their position very clear on what is a continually and rapidly evolving situation. And uh, uh, fans who want to purchase merchandise are also being encouraged to use the online facilities rather than going to the shops. So, you know, it's been such a surreal situation. I never in my long <laughs> years have uh, seen anything quite like this. And it's it's not just changing hourly. It seems minute by minute. Things are, the latest was the uh, postponement of the London Marathon from April to October. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've at least got an alternative date that's now in, in the diary. But there's just so much is up in the air right now. Yeah. And, and quite rightly, the, the only annoying thing was, I think, that the decision wasn't taken until today because I uh, couldn't understand yesterday when said of as of Monday gatherings will be banned you know if, if it's that serious then surely it's straight away which the, now they've, they've done Well you've got to say Andrew that it does feel like the SPFL waited for England to sort of give the lead on this Yeah well I mean when I got up this morning I, I was preparing to go down to Motherwell and then I saw in the news that um, all elite football in England had been cancelled forthwith they at least have put a date on when they think they can think about coming back again. Uh, I think that's more to do with insurance than anything else. Uh, but as soon as I saw that, I thought, well, there's no chance of us going down to, to Motherwell, is no. there? <laughs> and then a couple of hours later, I got a message from you, Dave, just to say, game's off. Um, but it does seem that you know Scotland reacted, although... When you heard Nicola Sturgeon saying the day before, you know, gatherings of 100 indoors and 500 outdoors were to be banned from Monday, I felt the same as you. I mean, why from Monday? What difference is it going to be between yeah. now and Not Monday? Not being cynical, but could it be two games at Ibrox, one last night and one planned for, for Sunday with uh, 50,000 50, fans at each? Because, again, that, that was so incongruous, watching that game last night, mm-hmm. and yet... As of twelve hours later, nothing. And we all we already had a a, a fair inkling that the the second leg wasn't going to happen with last night's game. We kind of knew that that was well, likely. Before it was going game. to be behind closed doors if it happened at yes, all. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I think the the Germans were basically saying, "Look, let's just scrap the Europa League altogether." Um, I think uh, if you can play it, you can play it. Uh, but there's so many other factors are going to have to come into play to allow that to to happen because first and foremost you've got to ensure that people are going to be 
able to attend a, f- a football match, play in a football match, whatever uh, a f- football match in a safe environment, that they're not going to run the risk of catching this coronavirus. Uh, and at the present time, nobody can give that guarantee. So yeah. if they can't do it, you just don't do it. Um, but it, it's it's bizarre. And then it was even more ridiculous that it took the Six Nations so long to decide that uh, Wales wouldn't play Scotland tomorrow in front of a crowd of 74,000 people when probably the vast majority of Scots there. going there are down in Cardiff already. They definitely are. I mean, I spoke to someone just 10 minutes ago whose friend is in a, in a hotel there and isn't able to go anywhere because this has all happened and, and they've been kind of kept there at the moment. Um, and it's very last minute. Uh, as well as that, we had some news this afternoon at Inverness. Cali Thistle player is in isolation uh, with a coronavirus scare. Uh, at the moment, of course, self-isolation happens with showing symptoms. So that's not to say that they have contracted coronavirus, but they're certainly showing symptoms. And I think that the issue here is, Dave, again, that we've seen already some big figures in sport have now, uh, you know, for, for example, Mikel Arteta uh, in, in England and um, the young Chelsea player as well. Yeah, the defender, uh, Hudson, what's his? Hudson Odoi. Oh, Hudson Odoi, yeah. yeah. So um, it is, it is and something... Leicester City have got three players in the isolation as That's well. That's right, yeah. So it's, it's, a big, it, it's a big deal, but it, you do feel that... Whilst we've led um, by having this ban on um, gatherings of over 500 people in Scotland, maybe we were just a little slow off the mark. Possibly. Time. I mean, it's one that if, if, I mean, obviously we are no medical experts, but if, if all of these uh, decisions are being taken, there obviously is a huge, huge risk and you can't take any risks with, with health. That, that must come first and foremost. So, you know, as to what's going to happen, if the season's going to get finished, who knows? The Euros, I think are a definite to be put back for a year because it's the worst case scenario having 12 different venues for the Euros Mm -hmm. uh, and games all over Europe so cross-contamination everywhere so I I can't see that there's a chance they'll go ahead we'll know that on Tuesday in the UEFA meeting uh, which is being done by... um, circuit TV and uh, not actually everybody in, in the room sensible again which is very sensible but it's just a, as I say it's just a, such an unprecedented situation and every sport you know rugby rugby for goodness sake is one of the, the worst ones in terms of uh, likely well, physical contact yeah, exactly. yeah. So, and a number I mean, of people at those games as indeed. well because they're international yeah. matches yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tennis the tour's been um, put uh, into suspension for the next five, six weeks. Um, Grand Prix pre-season Formula One has been delayed, but you know, it's, and, and there are so many events all over the world, all over the globe that have been put uh, have been postponed, and we just hope that uh, you know whether it's been later than it should have been. Obviously, everybody hopes that this will have the the job done so that we can resume normal activities but uh, it's also how how much uh, the, the economic effect and clubs or some clubs yeah um that are going to really really struggle and also suppliers of clubs who rely on match day income yeah. to, to keep going so it's a, it's a worrying worrying situation hugely and the financial implication of this is wide reaching and uh, we're joined now by North Sound Sports Editor Dave Galloway and Dave you've been speaking to a football finance expert Evening Mike yeah I caught up with uh, Neil Patey from Ernst & Young now it's far too early to tell how long the suspension will last but I asked him what the financial hit could be for clubs between now and the end of the campaign from the smallest clubs, you know, that could be, so we're talking tens of thousands of lost income. For the largest 
clubs, it's well into hundreds of thousands. Now, some clubs will have the resources to be able to soak that up, um, you know, spare cash, debt facilities, shareholders who are able to support the clubs through that financial shortfall. But undoubtedly, there are some clubs that will not have those buffers or resources to call upon, and that's going to put them in a very perilous position, and um, for sure. Um, we don't know the precise number clearly at this stage, but um, there are, I think could be many clubs that will be um, facing real financial difficulties were they not to get um, those home games for the remainder of the season. So concerned that some smaller clubs could be in danger of, of going to the wall. Yeah, that's obviously a huge concern. What else did you get a chance to ask him, Dave? Well, he also outlined to me what helps available for those clubs which become financially distressed. Some clubs will already have some existing cash or debt facilities that they can call upon. Absent that, um, you know, one option is to go to the banks for um, additional debt facilities. But bluntly, the banks, um, you know, are not keen on lending um, too much money to football clubs, which are in a, a marginal financial position, and that's totally understandable. So the next recourse is to the existing shareholders or to the fans. Those are the obvious um, sort of avenues. And and clearly, fans will want to support the clubs. Um, but let's not forget the fans themselves will be going through potentially some difficult um, sort of financial positions, um, you know, people not being able to work, et cetera, et cetera. So there, there's no easy answer unless there's a very rich benefactor or a rich shareholder within the club that could potentially make funds available. Mike, the situation's constantly changing and it's you know, impossible to say how this will all pan out. It's such a fast-evolving position. I mean, clearly, um, the health of the public has got to be the number one priority and we've seen um, the massive impact that coronavirus is having across the economy and across the globe. Um, so there, there is no easy answer. Health must come first. And, you know, looking beyond football clubs, there's going to be significant financial impact on many businesses, um, whether it's airlines, travel businesses, um, well beyond that. And football clubs, unfortunately, are going to be one of the other casualties. These are uncharted territories. We've never really had a similar situation to this, certainly not in recent memory. So to a certain extent, <laughs> we're, we're making it up as we go along. And who knows what happens over the coming days as to what happens to the remaining football schedule. Does it go ahead at all? Does it go ahead behind closed doors? I mean, it, it will evolve literally on a day-by-day basis. Now, the situation should become clearer after an emergency meeting, which UEFA has called for Tuesday of next week. Now, at that meeting, the possible postponement of Euro 2020 by one year will be discussed as will what will happen to all domestic and European competitions, including, of course, those in Scottish football. Mike? Yeah, thanks, Dave. Uh, yeah, there's an awful lot to discuss, but, I mean, the financial implication, as we have heard there, Andrew, and as we know, it's not just about football, but in terms of Scottish football, we t- Scottish football isn't always necessarily where you look first when it comes to financial uh, prowess and power, uh, and this could have a big effect. It'll have a huge effect on, on some clubs that say aren't as well structured financially as others. Um, but as as we heard there, you know, it's it's the knock on effect all the way down the line. Uh, for you know, there will be some supporters. I, I did see on social media some Dundee supporters were asking, uh, "Is the ticket office going to be open tomorrow? Because we'd like to go along and buy season tickets for next season." 
whenever that's going to start, um, just to, to give the club some money to, to tide them over. But uh, as Neil said there, you know, these people, while they're probably wanting to support the club, may not be able to do so because they don't know what their financial situation is going to be themselves. Yeah. Uh, it, it is unprecedented, this situation, that... Everything is really up in the air and there's no definitive answers out there. That's the problem. If you could see something in the distance that you can cling on to, that, that gives you a, a, a wee bit of um, you know, heart, a bit of encouragement to, to move forward. But at the moment, we really just don't know what's going to happen at all. Um, is the season going to kick on? Uh, are we going to be able to, to complete this season? Can you start next season? I mean, you're, you're looking at... We've got, I'm, I'm talking about Aberdeen, we've got eight league games to go. Yeah. Potentially two cup games to go. So you would think eight league games, you should be able to fit that into four weeks probably if you played Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. Um, but when can you get started? If the Euros do get cancelled, I think they have to be cancelled. Um, given the this current situation, I don't think there's any way at all that UEFA can... Uh, countenance having the th- European Championship. I think happening. the backlash alone from that decision, there's no way, as you say, that that can happen. I, I, I don't think it can because, I mean, you, you don't know um, if, you know, how the, the disease is going to affect um, players in different countries. Um, there might be, you know, it's a, it's a global pandemic. It's not like it's an isolated problem. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, assuming that you were maybe able to get started again, perhaps in May you should be able to complete your season by the end of May um, and fit in a cup semi-final and final the following week, some sort of thing. So by the beginning, the end of the first week in June, you should be just about able to get everything done. But that is assuming you can get started again in May. And at the moment, we really just don't know because, as I say, everything's just... it's It's up in the air and... Nobody can put a, a finger on when's this going to sort itself out? When are we going to be able to get back to normal? Are we past the worst? Are we still approaching the worst? We just don't know. Yeah, we just that's it. We just don't know. And uh, although we've got this meeting with UEFA on Tuesday, Dave, and that is a step forward, certainly in terms of the Euros, uh, we will hear more about domestic and European competition. But the problem is, even then, we still—it's it, not like we're going in there with a, a definitive answer of this virus will last for another month, and then at that point we can then decide to to carry on with what we were doing as normal. And the expert advice is that it will last uh, a matter of some some weeks before we, we reach the worst point. And uh, the Euros—I'm I'm with Andrew—they w- they won't go ahead because I still don't know what countries are are in the tournament because we've still got playoff <laughs> semi-finals and finals to to take place. So I think the only sensible outcome, as far as that's concerned, is to put it back to 2021. What do Aberdeen do in the meantime? What, do the, what does Derek McInnes do at this stage? What's the kind of mentality that is needed now? Because the problem is, just talking from a football perspective, and we know this is much bigger than football, but talking about it from the Don's perspective here, as a manager, it's an it's such an unusual position to be in to keep that squad motivated, to keep them keep them fit, keep them healthy amongst all this. Where do they go from here? Well, that, that is the problem because um, at least you come back for your pre-season and you're training with a goal at the end of it. Your first league game is going to be on the first weekend in August or whatever. So you know that July you, you could have 
uh, European qualifying ties, you could have friendlies. But at the moment, because we don't know what's going on, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a test of the mentality of the football uh, community in Scotland to be able to just keep themselves ticking over. And I think that's what they'll, they'll just have to do is go in and train every day without the carrot of the game at the weekend to look forward to, which makes it very difficult to, to know how to structure your training uh, because when you know that you've got a game on, on Tuesday night and Thursday night and Saturday or Sunday or whatever, you structure your week in accordance with when you need to be at peak fitness. Um, just now, it's it's just a case of keeping the pot boiling as much as anything. Um, it can work in your benefit. Uh, I'm thinking of Scott McKenna, for example, uh, out injured. Um, he can get treatment and who knows, he may be able to be fit by the time football resumes because we just don't know when it's going to happen again. Yeah. Uh, but it is going to be difficult. And as Dave said, I think Cormac Park will be in shutdown to everyone bar the first team in the development squad yeah. um, for the foreseeable and yeah. until such time as uh, we've got some kind of idea as to when the, the show is going to go on back on the road again. We're going to talk more about that in just a moment. As well as that, we're going to hear from Celtic boss Neil Lennon because, of course, they are out in front by 13 points at the moment at the top of the league. We'll be hearing his thoughts on the situation next. North Sound 1, Red Friday. With Red Wing, when safety is critical, they've got your PPE covered. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yes, good evening. This is Red Friday on North Sound 1. I'm joined in the studio by Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny. We're going to get the thoughts of Neil Lennon, Celtic boss, after the SPFL suspended the Scottish football season until further notice amid the coronavirus outbreak this afternoon. Evening, Mike. Yeah, the public health is the most important thing in safety and so if <clears throat> that decision has been taken then we we back it I mean we were training today and then we got you know word that the game was cancelled so giving the players a few days off we'd be the champions yeah rightly so with 13 points clear <clears throat> and then I think in most of the other leagues you know like Dundee United they'd have to be promoted as well North Sound 1 Red Friday We'd be the champions, Andrew, is what Neil Lennon is saying. And of course, that's exactly what we'd have expected him to say at this stage. But is that the right decision? Should it come to that? Um, I think if there's a possibility of playing the league to its conclusion, then no. It's going to be champions anyhow. <laughs> um, it won't make any difference uh, because they're so far ahead that um, uh, it would be the the collapse of all collapses if they were not to win the league. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, I think, you know, depending on, on when you can get started playing safely for everyone involved in the game, uh, I believe the Players' Union has come out and said they don't want behind-closed-doors games uh, because their argument is it's if it's safe enough to have their members playing, it's safe enough to have members of the public watching. Uh, which I can see their point there 100%. So if you can get the season up and running again, and as we've mentioned, I, I can't see Euro 2020 happening uh, this summer, so it does free up dates that you would be able to get the games played, assuming that the the worst of the, the scare is past in time that you can get that 
end part of the season played before the scheduled start of next season. It may be you have to push the start of next season back. It may be you have to bin the League Cup, for example. Uh, and somebody said, here's the ideal opportunity for Scottish football to get two leagues of 16. Um, and that's not going to happen because it takes about yeah. 10 years for that sort of thing to get hammered out amongst everybody and then at the end of the day decide, nah, let's not bother changing it. Uh, so I can see where Neil Lennon's coming from, that if you were to stop everything now, but not everybody's played the same number of games. Uh, Rangers are still to play St Johnston. It wouldn't make any difference to the top position in the table because at the best, Rangers could only be 10 points behind Celtic. So, um, But I, I do feel that there are other things uh, in play. Obviously, there's the relegation issue. Well, um, There's third, fourth, fifth, sixth place in the table. Uh, there's too many other things. The league is not just about whether Celtic should win it or not. Yeah. Um, the chances are Celtic will win it, uh, providing the season gets finished. But you can't just say, oh, well, you know, let's just... Finish the season now, we're champions. You well, can't do that. I suspect that one club that would disagree entirely with Neil Lennon would be Hearts, Dave. Yes, um, it's, uh, as Andrew said, there's so many ifs, buts and maybes to still be decided. So the ideal scenario is, of course, that we actually play out the rest of the season whenever that may be. But uh, I, I don't envy whoever has to make that decision because it's... Uh, complete recipe for disaster because if you put whatever team you put down they're not necessarily going to be the team that would have been put down at the, at this stage if the, the games were played so no. somebody is going to be left probably suing whoever makes well, the decision that's the problem because I think you know if if you were on budget hearts for example and it was decided Stretch tomorrow imagination <laughs> <a bit. laughs> yeah, uh, just a little um, but um, if you were the owner of Hearts I'll rephrase that um, and it was decided tomorrow right Celtic are champions the league table remains as it is bye bye Hearts um, you would be straight in touch with your lawyer you and say, would. right, and, and where's the, the legal redress for yeah. this? How can I fight against this? Because with eight games still to go, with 24 points still to be played for, potentially, you know, they could possibly be top six. And equally, Dundee United, 14 points clear at the top of the championship, they would be equally unhappy should the decision be made that Hearts wouldn't go down and they would continue, you know, where, where they left off yeah. for the new there, season. There's so. just so many... It's so problematic, you know. As um, Neil said earlier on, it's, we're in the unknown. I mean, Nobody's but, but, ever been here before, so no. we just have to take it day by day. Partick Thistle at the bottom of the Championship, for example, two points adrift of Queen of the South, but they've got a game in hand. Yeah, which what? they'll win, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, but I mean, the, the, you know. there was another scenario that was put forward that you could get the old pools panel back together again. Remember when you know games were were called off in the winter time and pools panel verdicts came up I mean I, I never did check back to see how accurate they were but there was times that you look and you thought how on earth do you think so and so is going to win away from home at so and so else when they haven't won on the travels for about the last 15 months or something like yeah, that yeah. there must be an ex-player on the panel Yeah, and, uh, and you look at the Scottish football this year how unpredictable particularly absolutely. in the Premiership it, yeah. the results as, as our scores <laughs> and the predictor show it's very very difficult to uh, to get it right 
Yeah, it, it's an impossible situation. You did mention there something, Andrew, about you know people talking about the cha- the opportunity now for changing things, and you, you mentioned the two leagues of sixteen, which we know isn't going to happen. Certainly not in time for this uh, next season coming. Uh, but Dave, just looking at that, is it an opportunity for Scottish football now to take stock and go right? This is what we're not doing well. We need to start making Possibly. changes for the future. I think a lot will depend on how long this goes on for, and how mm. you know how how much we are in. Uh, in limbo to be honest because uh, you know obviously everybody wants it to be sooner rather than later to get the season finished but it certainly does throw up a whole different well problems as much as any else but challenges should this go on and we can't get the season finished and yes if it leads but it's, it's you know we've, we've tried reinventing the wheel in terms of Scottish football so often and uh, you know, we, we never seem to quite get it right. But and, uh, I do think that, you know, I know, I know the 16-16 situa- scenario is very popular amongst the fans, but I think the top clubs are not necessarily in agreement with Well, he with stopped that. it because there was too many meaning, meaningless games. I, I, I assume that was the kind of reason behind it. It was a very long season when you were playing, you know, you had games the second half of the season that meant nothing because there were too many teams in that middling kind of situation there was also the fact that um, you wanted to have two home games against the the big two clubs from Glasgow because that generated you know much more income than a visit from Hamilton Ackies for example Mm -hmm. and finance drove that rather than making it more interesting for fans and for players for that matter because it's one of the things that you, you hear from players um, when they leave Scottish football that they actually enjoy going down south um, so that they get a little bit more variety. Uh, for example, Graham Shinney going to play in the Championship, if he played every week, he would play against 23 different sides. Instead of playing against nine different sides in Scotland mm-hmm. three times each, um, you play the 23 sides twice. And... You know, familiarity does breed contempt and, and it brings a bit of complacency and it, it's not quite as interesting for, for fans. I mean, that's why, you know, trips to Europe and and other places, you know, away trips and, and Scottish Cup ties um, are so attractive to fans because they're going to different places to see different teams and maybe for the, the greater good of the Scottish game, we, we should be looking more closely at how we can make the the product more interesting for all the stakeholders in the game. But I don't think that's going to happen at, at this juncture, primarily because we just don't know when things are going to get up and running once again. Yeah, well, that, that is the, the question. Of course, it is because of a much more serious situation than just football. But having said that, talking about um, the, you know, the, the sort of the, the future in terms of the Dons season, sitting in fourth that game tonight, of course, would have been the potential there to to leapfrog Motherwell uh, into third place. And, and given the way the second half went against Hibs, albeit against 10 men last week, Dave, every confidence that the Dons would have gone on and done that? Yeah, the, the, certainly the, the lads went down the road last night full of confidence at that point. They were ex- fully expecting to be getting out for the warm-up around of it now. And, uh, but uh, yeah, the, the second half was... I mean, yes, it was against 10 men. Stephen Whitaker just... Sh- um, stupid. F- Such a pointless sentence. I mean, from well, his perspective. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> a player of his experience should not be diving into tackles uh, like that. But, uh, you know, th- that side, you've still got. We've seen occasions when 10 men haven't managed to, to beat 11. And 
so, uh, uh, sorry, when men ham- managed to beat 10 Hamilton last week as well, they had Miller sent off and then they, they still, they still got won the goal game against yeah. Kilmarnock. So, uh, no, it was pleasing. It was a lot of good performances. I thought Dylan McGeech, that's his best game in the middle of the park. And uh, I know the manager was very pleased with the way the midfield operated. Curtis Main, another goal for him, mm-hmm. which was good. Um, and it would be interesting to see uh, who played tonight. I think Curtis would certainly have kept his place. Sam back again fit uh, we probably have had to settle for a, a place on the bench but no there was a lot of good performances and Matty Kennedy obviously had been called up for Ireland mm-hmm. because he's still to make his Northern Irish, Irish debut uh, because his paperwork didn't get through in time last time he, was, he would oh, have okay. played so yeah. uh, good to see well, he's him come out. on to some good form as well yeah in the last not, not, that, not that they're going to play the game now because yeah, it's, well, no, it's not no. going to take place but uh, good to see Niall and Matty both called up for uh, for Ireland well Andy Considine again proving how much of a, a value he is to the Dons getting another important he, d- he tends to just score really important goals doesn't he he does um, he's, he's done it down the years uh, but it's been more in focus this season I think we saw that late equaliser at Dundee in the League Cup way back in August we saw the late equaliser at Kilmarnock we saw the pivotal part that he played in in winning that cup tie at Kilmarnock and then he pops up again I couldn't believe that Stephen Thompson in sports scene tried to say it was an own goal by Paul Hanlon and he was wanting to take the goal off Andy a striker trying to nick a goal off somebody Um, but uh, it doesn't matter whether it came off Hanlon or off Andy, it found the back of the net, that was the important thing, but uh, yeah, Aberdeen showed a fighting spirit that you want to see from the start, you don't want to see it being a reaction to going behind, unfortunately we conceded another sloppy goal Um, I think uh, it all stemmed from Shea Logan coming forward and then just knocking the ball too far in front of himself, but it was just the, the speed with which Hibs were able to turn over possession and all of a sudden Christian Dodge is away and fair play to Christian Dodge it was a superb finish because I thought it so wide that yeah, I thought it, there's no way yeah, he's going to I thought that as well I thought Joe has forced him so wide that he's not going to be able to get the angle on the shot but no fair play to him he, he found the back of the net but uh, that, that was I, a monkey I, off his back because absolutely. Joe Lewis had well, one and one with Joe Lewis, it, it every was, time. He just saw this big figure in front of him and just froze. Uh, but he managed to get the goal on that occasion. But I would fully amplify what Dave said about um, Dylan McGee. He was so instrumental in doing the dirty work in the middle of the park, ratting about and, and nicking balls off players, that Scott Allen's influence was negated to an extent that his manager had to take him off. Yeah. Uh, and that was a huge boost for Aberdeen, I think, seeing Scott Allen being replaced. Because I, I think, was it Melker Halberg that came on in his place? He and, did, yeah. uh, He didn't. He's never going to have the same effect in a game as yeah. Scott Allen will have. But also, the, the job that Matty Kennedy did in stopping Martin Boyle getting forward can't be underestimated. And to have the time to get yourself forward as well and be making Martin Boyle go back and defend, which he doesn't do nearly as well as Matty Kennedy does, that sort of, it transmitted itself all through the team and you could see the confidence levels lifting. Lewis Ferguson, I thought, was absolutely outstanding in the game and uh, he was very clever in the way that he he drew Whitaker into these challenges uh, because some of the boys had said to him, and I'm sure... Matty Kennedy being an ex-high B and Dylan McGeer having played with uh, Whitaker would have said 
get right in amongst him because he is that half a yard slower than he was and he does make challenges and if you get in there in front of him the challenge is going to be a foul and it was right underneath John Beaton's nose he gave that one didn't, he give, the pen- didn't give the penalty in the first oh, half which was bizarre it was um, uh, stonewall <laughs> he was walking off before he oh, the cards the were out of the pocket the yeah. but the thing was you could see that coming with the, a couple of the challenges he'd already put in Dave previous yeah, to that yeah uh, as I say the Aberdeen were denied two penalties in the first half one for the assault by Doherty on uh, uh, Lewis Ferguson the second Andy Considine got impeded uh, a corner kick also I think uh, Niall with three assists didn't do too badly either. absolutely although Lewis Ferguson's claiming the assist for Andy's goal because it was his header um, that the keeper saved that Andy knocked in okie doke <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that for them to discuss they've certainly got and plenty of time and it was Bruce Anderson for the, for the third goal that had the, the meaningful well, touch before Curtis put it in it so sorry Niall you're getting one but he was certainly involved <laughs> in the build up for all three goals he well, was of course until the next game they'll probably keep discussing that because it is of course the last Dons game at the moment so uh, we're going to talk more of course about the decision today to suspend the Scottish football season until further notice amid the coronavirus outbreak and we'll talk more about that and more North Sound 1, Red Friday. With Red Wing, when safety is critical, they've got your PPE covered. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. You are listening to Red Friday on North Sound 1 this afternoon. The SPFL suspended the Scottish football season until further notice amid the coronavirus outbreak with Chief Executive Neil Doncaster saying it was neither realistic nor possible to continue with matches. I'm Mike, I'm joined in the studio by Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny. And uh, one thing that did continue up until this week, of course, Andrew, uh, was the predictor. I think I can safely predict this weekend's scores of being P... P, uh, P and so on. Well done, 18 yeah. points. There we go. Congratulations. That's more than I've got all season. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Not quite. But um, last week was a real red letter week for Dave Galloway. <laughs> he got 11 points. Uh, he Amazing. had eight from the Saturday games and he got the St Mirren Hearts score correct. I so think we should play him this. Hang on, there we go. That's for Dave. <laughs> Congratulations, Dave. <laughs> So he's off the bottom of the oh, table. We can keep that playing. <laughs> <laughs> he's on 96. The Red Army picked up two points for 95. You got five for 107, so you're still way ahead of the two of them. Alan from the Red Review got seven for 116. Dave, you got four. You're on one, two, one. And I scrambled together six. So I've increased my lead at the top of the table. I'm on one, two, seven. Okay. But the predictor, of course, is now suspended. And no, it's not. I, I think it was stop the season now, and I'm the champion. <laughs> yeah. I'm Thank all you. with Neil Lennon. Thank you, Neil. <laughs> the Neil Lennon of uh, Red Friday. Um, okay, so let's look at some of the other games, of course, that that happened over the last week because uh, we won't be doing that next week for, for sure and obviously we'll, until further notice but Cove Rangers they had a huge win on uh, Tuesday Andrew 7-1 away to Stirling Albion uh, um, incredible I mean talk about their home form this season but that's up there with results it absolutely is because Stirling Albion at home have been playing particularly well I think and uh, Kevin Rukovic's sides I thought we're going to provide Cove with a really stern test, particularly after the Saturday game where, where Cove were a bit sloppy in beating Brechin 3-2. They've, they won the game, that was the important thing. They got the three points, they've kept the 100% home record, uh, which doubtless they'll be saying, well, Liverpool lost to Atletico Madrid in midweek, so <laughs> we're now the only 100% home record in, in the 
well, certainly in, in UK league terms, but uh, no, to go down to, to fourth bank and be 5-0 up at half time, it was astonishing. And Charlie Allen, who has been to a lot of games down his many, many years as a journalist, for him to say that it was the best 45 minutes of football that he'd seen from anybody is high praise indeed. Yeah. But, um, you know, 7-1. They obviously got a flea in the rear from Paul Hartley after being a bit sloppy against Brechin. Uh, but that's a terrific result. And I, th- I think that now confirms that they will finish first or second. I think it's it's odds on they're going to finish first. Yeah. I mean, like Celtic, if the league was to stop now, Paul would be entitled, I suppose, to be saying, well, we're well, champions, we've got to go up. They're in a, uh, an identical position in terms indeed. of points. They are, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. But they're a 13-point lead, but of course the game in hand for, for Edinburgh. But you, you do feel that now that after that game where they, they turned it around against Edinburgh City here uh, to get that 2-1 win, you feel from that point on it was, you know... All, I, I all think it, it, it knocked Edinburgh back more than it knocked Cove forward, mm-hmm. almost. Um, they do meet down in Edinburgh again, assuming that all things are equal, whenever. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a, a phenomenal season from, from Cove Rangers and everybody at Balmoral Stadium deserves, you know, huge plaudits for, for the way that they've they've come into this, this league and, you know, been a shining light for everybody that's in, you know, pushing to get into Scottish League football. They'll be looking at Cove and saying... They've sent such a high benchmark mm-hmm. for us that if we get in, we've got to try and do the same thing again. And it can only be good for the overall standard of football in Scotland. Yeah, and it's goals as well because they've doubled the goal difference of Edinburgh City in second at the moment, which I think is it's worth an extra point. Yeah, um, their goal difference. And it was great to see so many ex Aberdeen players on the score sheet for <laughs> Just about as all well. of them, wasn't yeah, it? That, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Brown got on a rare goal as well. For, yeah, for he, he did. And Mitch Meganson, I think, is now the, the top league scorer in Scotland. Which is excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And Jamie Masson, again, still scoring, still scoring goals. goals. Absolutely. Uh, Peter Head, by contrast, last weekend didn't have such a great result, uh, Dave. And, and but again, against a team that you know, you know that Falkirk on their day are going to give anyone trouble at, at that level. But certainly, uh, losing three 0 wasn't the ideal result wasn't ideal um, the only good thing was that Forfar got beaten as well so um, you know but they're still needing to get some wins between now and the end of the season whenever that may be to just make sure that they stay in League One uh, for next season because it would be great for Cove and Peterhead both to be in that uh, in that league and yeah. again it was ex-Dons Lee Miller and Declan McManus scoring yes. the goals there of course Luke Bolin uh, is on loan from Aberdeen at Peterhead yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, a bit of a baptism of fire for young Luke but uh, I think Peterhead have got enough strength and depth that they'll get themselves out of trouble but the longer it goes on um, the harder it gets maybe this break in football could be beneficial to a side like Peterhead who mm-hmm. maybe just need to recharge the batteries a little bit and maybe freshen things up a wee bit, change the way that they, they maybe go about games or change their formation. Yeah. Who knows? Well, there's a bit of a gap between them and then looking up the way. Looking know, up the way, Clyde. I think it's about seven points, isn't yeah, it, it's, behind uh, Clyde? So eight, eight points at the moment eight. behind Clyde, but but just the two between them and Forfar, with the game in hand, obviously. But it does feel like when that season resumes, they are going to have to be really on it to make sure that they can just pull away from that relegation zone, Andrew. Yeah, well, had the game's gone ahead tomorrow, they were due to play Wraith Rovers 
So out of the frying pan of playing second top Falkirk away from home into the fire of playing the league leaders, Wraith Rovers at home. So I think if they've got these two out the road, that's the top two taken care of, then it's probably more beatable sides that they're going to have after that. But uh, Jim McAnally will be looking to get some three-pointers on the on the board it's as quickly as possible. The strong top end, I mean, you look at the teams, Wraith Rovers, Falkirk and Airdrie, Teams that probably consider themselves as very much championship sides at the very at the very least. But before we finish, we better mention the under 18s Aberdeen's comeback last night. Absolutely, oh, yeah. fantastic five four victory down at East Mains. Wind swept East Mains, the Sherricksley of East Lothian. <laughs> I was there for the reserve game earlier in the week, and I've never been so cold. Um, it's a wind swept down with ten four two down with twelve minutes, 12 to, minutes go, to go, and they ended up winning five four. Uh, so, uh, having bounced back from the, the defeat against Rangers last week, uh, there's there's a lot of spirit in that under eighteen squad, as there is in the reserve squad, who of course should have been playing their their League Cup final against Celtic at Petardry on Tuesday night, but that's going to have to wait till yeah. another day. Yeah, absolutely. Just m- mentioning the Highlands and Juniors, um, I'm assuming that, that it's They're across all, the board. Yes, across the board. Anything that comes under the auspices of the SFA is off, which means that uh, junior fixtures and Highland League fixtures suspended until further notice. Yeah, um, and then just going back to the situation then, Andrew, uh, as it's kind of unfolded today, we didn't see this, we didn't envisage this. Um, had you had you guys already left for, uh, for the game today? Not quite. Um, I think we were due to leave... Um, back, at 12. back at 12 o'clock and I think I got the, the call about quarter to 12 just to say it's it's not happening uh, hopefully fans wouldn't have been on the road by that time mm-hmm. if they were they're the real boys that want to get to the pub quick um, <laughs> which I'm sure they wouldn't have, seen, wouldn't have changed their plans just possibly <laughs> not um, but uh, uh, it's just the, the, the fact that as we say we, we see no end in sight to this that makes it difficult to to be able to look into the future with with any sort of certainty as to when football will resume when normal life will resume uh, yeah. for many people uh, we don't know is the worst still to come is the worst past uh, we just don't know and, and, and it's it's a worrying situation yeah I'm worrying far beyond football as well Dave uh, yeah it's, it's um, sport you know, it's not life or death sport and uh, unfortunately the virus is and uh, that, that has to take absolute precedence so uh, yeah as Andrew said it's just difficult to know because there are so many imponderables not least being when we can actually get normal activity back again but yeah. it's a very surreal period very surreal indeed. The SBFL today suspending the Scottish football season until further notice amid the coronavirus outbreak. We will be back at some point soon. North Sound 1, Red Friday. With Red Wing, when safety is critical, they've got your PPE covered.